the first sicha. This sicha is going to be discussing the idea of the unity of Hashem and the Jewish people on Rosh Hashanah, and the differences of the unity of Rosh Hashanah to the unity that we have on Yom Kippur. We're also going to explain how this is expressed in the differences of the Truva of Rosh Hashanah and the Truva Yom Kippur, and also how that's expressed in the Parshias of Netzavim, which is similar to the idea of Rosh Hashanah, while the Parshas Ve'yelach will be similar to the ideas of Yom HaKippurim. So let's start. Sif Aleph. Oydis HaParshias Netzavim Ve'yelach Kosov HaResag Umehem Menun Gimel Parshias HaTayra Parsha HaMeschalakas L'Shtayim V'Nikroas V'Shtay Shabasas Im Yesh Sayach B'Kach V'Hi Atam Netzavim HaNechlakas B'Vyelach Moshe Regarding the Parshas Netzavim Ve'yelach, the Resag, the Resag Yagoyin writes, he says there's 53 parshas of the Torah. And we have a parsha, one parsha that's split into two, and it's read over two Shabbosis if it is necessary based on the calendar year. And which is the parsha which is split into two? That is the parsha's Atzinitzavan, which is split into Atzinitzavan, and then the second part would be Vayelech Maisha. Just like this year that we're reading Atzinitzavan, as always before Rosh Hashanah, and Vayelech would be read during the Ser Simetriva. So medika lashon parsha meschalakas l'shtayim loik l'shoni v'shara parshiyus hamischabris shmoyne mehem nestarfus lepamim shtayim shtayim biyachad mikrois barba shabbosis. He says from the dik of the lashon of the resag that this is a parsha which is split into two, which is not like his expression that he uses by other parshiyus which are combined. The other parshiyus he says that there are eight parshiyus which can combine. Uh, sometimes it could be uh, two two. And therefore, they'd be read over four Shabbases. So it's Muchach Shem Netzavim Yelech Be'etzim Parsha Achasi. From this expression, it's clear that Netzavim Yelech is really Be'etzim one Parsha. He says it's one Parsha, which is sometimes divided. By the other Parshas, he says there are eight Parshas which we combine together and they're read over four weeks. So there, by the, all the other Parshas, there really are two Parshas which we put together. Netzavim Yelech is, dif- is different than all of them because really it's one. It's one Parsha which we're splitting into two. The other eight parshias which are combined, they are really two parshias, but sometimes we read them together. And the Rebbe just explains in the Ha'aris that this, based on this we can understand why we say that there are gan parshias of the Torah, that there's 53 parshias. If you count them, it's actually 54. The reasoning is, as the Chidah explains, that Netzavim and Ve'yelech is one parsha. So, so, so if you count 54, that's because you're dividing up Netzavim and Ve'yelech. But really it's one parsha, therefore you would equal 53. And if you look at the Rambam in his Seder HaTfilis in the Mishnah Torah, and he goes through all the parshas of the Torah, he does not mention parshas Ve'yelech. Again, because Ve'yelech is not its own parsha, it's really parshas Netzavim, which is sometimes we read it over two Shabbases. This idea that it's really one parsha is also expressed in the simon, the mnemonic that the Torah and the Shulchan Aruch use. It says that pasuk in this is the, the the food of the king. So they use that as a simon. He says Bez or gimel Monday or Tuesday hamelach. If the king is on Monday or Tuesday, then pas vayelach. Then vayelach is broken off. Meaning, Hanukkah Shet Rosh Hashanah, which is Hamelach, Chal Biyim Beis Oy Biyim Gimel Meshvua, 
Meaning that when Rosh Hashanah, which is called the Melech, because it's the head, it's when the time when we, 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 we crown Hashem as king, it's also the head of the year. When it's read on a, when it falls, sorry, when it's Chal on a Monday or Tuesday, then we read Parshas V'yelech on its own. Kapir Shemagan Avram, as the Magan Avram explains, that the word Pas V'yelech means, Pirish. The word pas comes from the word of breaking into two. This is by the, by a mincha, carbon mincha, that's one of the kabbanas we brought by the Mesa Mikdash. The rule is you're supposed to break the mincha into smaller pieces. Um, so the word pas actually means breaking. So pas v'yelech means that v'yelech is broken off. So again, pas v'yelech, k'yinyu pas v'yelech, p'itin, sh'shoivim chala'achas v'rakik echa l'chalakim k'achkan, sh'shoivim afridim es v'yelech m'nitzavim. Meaning is, it's just like a mincha, which they eat, they broke the challah, or they broke the, the, the wafer, one wafer, into many pieces. Same idea over here, that you're taking one parsha and you're breaking it into two pieces, which would be yelech and etzavim. Since it's known that every parsha has its own general theme, and that's why it's a different parsha. Each parsha has its own theme, and then once that theme is over, then the new parsha begins. So it's understood that it's since it's some one parsha, it has one general theme. Meaning, it's not only that they have a general idea which is similar, and therefore, when we needed to, we had eight parshas that we needed to put into four weeks. How did we decide? So we took the parshias that have similarities to, uh, to each other and we put those ones together. But nonetheless, it's still a different theme. It's just there are similar concepts in both of them. It's much more by parshias. That means the main theme, the, the essential theme, is really one idea. It's one parsha. So afal pikim is that gufa shul upamim karim parshias v'yelach b'shabes pnei atzma. Nonetheless, since sometimes, this itself, that sometimes Parshas V'yelech is read on its own Shabbos, uh, meaning is why do we choose Nitzam V'yelech to split it into two? Must be because they're able to be split into two. So it's understood that, that not even though that these two Parshas have one theme, but there is a difference in how they are expressed. So it's one theme which, which is being expressed in two different ways, and therefore we can split it up. Nitzavim expresses this theme in one way, the Yelach is expressing the same theme in a second way. And he says, And more than that, he says is, that since Parshas V'yelech comes after Parshas Nitzavim, and it's known we always have a rule, Ma'alim Mekadish, we always go up in matters of holiness. So we need to say that V'yelech has a Ma'ila, a quality, which is greater than in Nitzavim. And this quality is not just somewhat better. It's Be'enerech, it's infinitely higher than the previous one, and that's why it's written on a totally different Parsha. Um, look at our Lavin. He says, says, even when you read them in one week, we understand that Vayelech has a quality over Nitzavim, because of the rule, Ma'ilam Kodesh, we always go go higher in holiness. 
But this that we read it on a totally different Shabbos, it's not that just it's quantitative, qualitatively greater, it's greater, and that's why it's written on a, it's read on a totally different week. Especially since it's written after Rosh Hashanah. So it's a totally new year. And we know what Chassidus explains that on Rosh Hashanah, a new light which has never shown before in this world comes to shine. So if it's being read after Rosh Hashanah, it means it's also infinitely higher, even inside the Zman, even inside the time. Okay. So, anyways, just Bikitsa, what we've discussed is the point is that Parshas Nitzav Yelach, we have proven that it's really Ba'atsam, one Parsha. Therefore, there is one general theme. Nonetheless, this that sometimes we break it into two, it must mean that this theme is expressed in two ways. And more than that, the theme is actually expressed in a greater way, in a higher level, in Parshas Ve'yelach. Beis. Hine Parshas Nitzavim Nekrasa Ilmufnei Rosh Hashanah. He says, we know that Parshas Nitzavim is always read before Rosh Hashanah. That's a halachic rule. Rabbeinu Azak and Ahmed Var Shaykhus Atan Samhim Kuchal Rosh Hashanah, Klukman Sevgiman Al Tarabi even explains the connection of Atan Samhim Ayyim to Rosh Hashanah, as we will see in Sevgimal. So Nitzavim is always read before Rosh Hashanah. It must be because, as the Al Tarabi is going to explain, that there's a very strong connection between Atan Samhim and Rosh Hashanah. Mash Enkim, Parshas Vieyelach, Kashem Mechalakas, and Parshas Nitzavim. He Nikras, Vashav Shalach, Rosh Hashanah, Vafnei Yom Kapurim, Zehu Echacha. It's not always read before Shoshana. If it's combined with Nitzavim, then it's read before Shoshana. But when we split the Parshish apart, then Vayelach is going to be read in the, in the Shabbos, which is Shabbos Truva, which is the time period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So this is a proof that the Teichin of Vayelach is Shaykh also to Yom Kippur. So what we're doing right now is we, we've shown that Nitzavim and Vayelach have a general theme, but there's differences between these two themes. So now we're showing is that Nitzavim is connected to Rosh Hashanah and Vayelach is connected to Yom HaKippurim. So by understanding, on one hand, the, the general theme of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we'll understand the general theme of these two parshas. On the other hand, by understanding the differences between Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we'll also understand the differences between these two parshas. Okay. Abir that Aleph Therefore, these two points that we mentioned regarding the Tzavim Ve'yelach will be understood through explaining these two points that uh, we find them also by Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah So now what we're going to be doing is for the Sebeiz and really Sebeimel the Rebbe is going to be proving that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is really one concept. Okay? So proof number one, that it's Inyan Echad, it's one concept, it's one uh, topic, it's one continuation. Uh, as we see that in Yechaskel, Perk uh, Mamalaf, Yom Kippurim is actually called the Rosh Hashanah. Meaning is it's the Rosh Hashanah for Yevlis. Every 50 years is the Yevl year. So the Rosh Hashanah of the Yevl year actually begins on Yom HaKippurim, as the Rebbe is going to show a little bit later. This is also the reason, or part of the reason why Hatar Stendarim is also on Yom HaKippurim. It says uh, you're being matu, you're nether, from this year until next year. So the question is, wait, next year, until next year, Rosh Hashanah, what about the 10 days in between? So it says from this year until next year, means from 
one Yom Kippur to the next year Yom Kippur, because both of them are called Rosh Hashanah. Uh, as Tysus explains, the reason why they did it this way is that they specifically wanted to have, since more people come to Shul basically on Yom Kippur, for various reasons, they want to do a Tars and Durham when everybody is together. So they set up on, on Yom Kippur. Ah, Yom Kippur is not Rosh Hashanah. No, it is Rosh Hashanah, as it says clearly in Yechazkel. It's also part of the Rosh Hashanah. It's actually called Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, they decide that Yom Kippur would be the Rosh Hashanah for this idea of Hatars and Dharma. And uh, we'll see a, a few more details in a moment. So even though they're both one continuation, they both are called the beginning of the year, it's the period of the Rosh Hashanah. On the other hand, Yom Kippur has a mile over Rosh Hashanah, which is that Rosh Hashanah, you, the, the decrees are written, but Yom Kippur, they're signed, it's sealed. Signed and sealed. And it, Yom Kippur is the completion and the signing uh, of what happens on Rosh Hashanah. So again, it's the same concept, same theme, but it's on a higher level. We see this idea even in halacha. So it's not just a, I guess this is hashkafic and penimis uh, medrashic look on Rosh Hashanah from the Veda, which is in Rosh Hashanah Kippur, but even halacha lamaisa, we see a difference. Yom Kippurim nikra Rosh Hashanah gam galal yisa Rosh Hashanah liyevlis. Yom Kippurim is called Rosh Hashanah also because it is the Rosh Hashanah uh, for Yevel. The halacha is that the slaves would go free, the Jewish slaves would go free um, on the Yevil year. So on Rosh Hashanah, they would be freed from labor. But they'd actually be staying with their ma- in their master's homes and they'd be eating, and it says with crowns on their head. And only on Yom Kippurim, they wouldn't do any Avaidah. And when, once Yom Kippur arrived, then they would actually leave the homes and they leave their master's home and be able to go back to their own homes. So, so on one hand, uh, we see this thing the, 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 the idea of freedom is one idea. Nonetheless, in this Nukud itself, it's divided into two Zmanim. HaScholos Yitziah, Lai Mishtabim Rosh Hashanah, but V'Gemar Yitziah, Niftar, and Leitayim, Shua Ike Hu B'Yem HaKippur. The beginning of the Yitziah, that they didn't do any Avodah anymore, that was on Rosh Hashanah, but the completion of the Exodus, when they would go home, that, which is the main thing, actually, going home, leaving your place of servitude, that would be on Yom Kippur. So again, we, we see two proofs, in a sense, um, about this idea that, on one hand, it's one point. We see about the idea of the writing and the sealing of Yom Kippur, the judgment that happens on Yom Kippur, that it's one idea, but the main sealing happens on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And also we see, even with guarding slaves, that the freedom begins on Rosh Hashanah, but it's only completed, and the main part of the freedom happens on Yom Kippur. Okay. So that is the proof that uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, uh, first of all, are shaykh to and also it, it has those same points that the Lusim Nukudais that get A that they're really one theme, but two point two that Yom Kippur is the greater one as expressed. So now in Sif Gimel, we're going to explore this idea a bit more. And we're going to prove really that in the Parshas Natsavan Vayelach, we also see this idea of uh Natsavan Vayelach, 
we're going to show how we see the idea of unity. So this is actually a new, new, new I shouldn't say, it's, it's a continuation. Until this point, we've connected and now we're going to be discussing what is the theme, the actual theme of Nitzal Mayelach, and then we'll show how that theme is also expressed in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Okay, Rabbeinu Azak Mavarsa Shaykhaz At Tzavim Yoyim Rosh Hashanah. So the Alter Rebbe explains the connection between At and Tzavim to Rosh Hashanah. He says, Rosh Hashanah is man shel tam lechuni aleichem. Rosh Hashanah is the time that we crown Hashem as King. So the Amos Lai Nifal Bhi Bishur Melach tam lechuni aleichem. At what point, when are we able to affect that there is a king in Yeshur? Yeshur was one of the names of the Jewish people. When are we able to make Hashem our King? That is, as the end of the pasuk says, but this Asif Rosh Hashanah when the the the, the, the the heads of the, the, the nation gathered together. What does that mean? Meaning is that when everybody gathers together um, to become as, as one, meaning is when can Hashem become king? This is when there's Achtes Yisrael. This is what the idea means. That all of you are standing in front of Hashem, your God, and it goes through all the different types of the Jewish people, from the heads of the tribes until the, the, the converts who were the water carriers. Meaning, not looking at the differences in, in status between the Jewish people, they all are standing firm and standing ready as one in front of Hashem. Uh, from, in front of Hashem. Right, so in the parasha it's talking about because all of them are going to be entering a, a new bris, a second bris with Hashem before they go into Eretz Yisrael. But also in the Pneumius of Yonim that we're referring to Rosh Hashanah, it's because of Rosh Hashanah, all the Jewish people together are united as one. The whole idea of a bris is, by the way, the idea of a bris is to, is, is, is to unite um, two people. So all the Jewish people is uniting as one, and they unite with Hashem. So you see this idea of the unity of the Jewish people and the unity of Hashem becoming one. So us and Hashem become one. So that's also what happens in Rosh Hashanah, that all of us gather together and we make Hashem our king. So Hashem and the Jewish people become one. We become one nation as Hashem is our king. So that's the idea of Netzavim. But this idea of the unity of the Jewish people is also the Nukuda, the general theme of Parshas Ve'yelach. He says, Aschalas the Parshas Yisrael. The beginning of the Parsha says that Yemoshe went to all the Jewish people. Meaning is that there is one going and one speech to all the Jewish people equally. And also at the end of the Parsha we see this idea that Moshe said to uh, to, said, uh, said to the ears of all the congregation of Israel the words of the song. So the Cholkal, the entire congregation as one, heard the shir that we're going to be singing, which is in Parshas Azino. So you see both the point that he's bringing out is that both Parshas we see this, the general theme is the idea of Achtas Yisra. Tzivdalad. V'oidzais, even more than this. The Rebbe is going to continue proving that the theme of Parshas Ve'yelach is the idea of of uh, of Achtus. Um why does the Rebbe spend much more time on Parshas Vielach? Uh, maybe very Balabatish you can say is because the, the the theme of unity is not as clear. I don't think that's the reason. I think as as we're saying that the the, the theme of both Parshas or what the it's really one thing for both Parshas is really one. It's all Achtus. But in that itself we said Parshas Vielach 
the theme is revealed in a, in a different, expressed in a different way, and he says also in a much greater way. So therefore, since it's in a much greater way, he's going to show how this is expressed even, you know, even the Pashim Shadim, you can see how the idea of unity is expressed in a greater way in Parshas Ve'yelach. And the reasoning is, as he's going to say in Siftalit, is because we even find two mitzvahs, um, two mitzvahs in Parshas Ve'yelach, and both of those mitzvahs express the idea of unity. Parshas Mitzavim, we don't actually have mitzvahs which express the idea of unity. There's the general theme, which is Atam Tzavim, all of you are standing ready to join the bris uh, with Hashem, but the actual mitzvahs that we do, and even till now, uh, some of the, one of those mitzvahs we do even nowadays, we only have in Parshas V'yelach. Even the mitzvahs which are in this parsha, the mitzvah of Hakel, the Ksiva Sefer the writing of the Sefer Torah, hey mitzvah shebehem mudgashes achdushim shayisrael. Both of these mitzvahs express the unity of Hashem. Mitzvahs Hakel Sa'am Kifa Kalalas Kol Bnei Yisrael Ke'achat Leichuluk Benem. Nashim and Nashim Tapa Gerecha Chulu Achdushlam Etzinim Kamoisim Shem Mitzacheres. Mitzvah of gathering all the Jewish people combines all the Jewish people together without any differences. It's men, women, children, the convert. There is a unity which we do not find this type of unity in any other mitzvah that you're bringing. Even the children, everybody has to come. Women, children, everybody comes to do this mitzvah. The mitzvah is that after the Shemitah year, during Sukkot, um, all the Jewish people would gather into the base of Migdash and the Melach would read certain parts of the Torah to them. So that was applicable to all Jewish people. The reason why the mitzvah is called Hakka, which means assembly or congregation, the reason, the, the concept of kahal, a congregation, is that there is assembly, not of many details or many individuals, rather there is a unity, that there is a new identity, there is the identity of the congregation. So that is the level of achtus that we see, that the mitzvah itself is called Congregation, which means a unity of many individuals until they become a new identity, the identity of a kahal. <clears throat> and this answers a question. Why does the reading of the Torah of Hakel need to be through the king? He says, since the idea of of Reading the Torah is the idea of, of learning Torah. So learning Torah is something which is connected to the Sanhedrin. So Ibazai would have been preferable that the Kriya should have been done through the head of the Sanhedrin or the Av Basin, who's the second to command. The main concept of the king, we know, is to take care of the Jewish people physically. He fought the battles, he took care of them economically. But the Sanhedrin's main job was teaching Torah. So shouldn't it have been the Sanhedrin? All the Jewish people, once every eight years, every seventh, seven years, the year after Shemitah, they all gather together, wouldn't have been more appropriate that the, that the, uh, San, the Sanhedrin, the heads of the Sanhedrin, should read those parts of the Torah. So, the explanation is that in the Torah we have two points, we have two concepts. One is, There is learning Torah which is connected to understanding. And then, of course, you have differences between the leaders of the tribe to the water carriers. Basically, you have the Kriya Satayra. 
Then there's the reading of the Torah. Reading the Torah, meaning specifically, uh, doesn't even need to be with specifically Havana Vahasaga. I mean, obviously, it's a good thing to understand it, but it doesn't have to be. Meaning is the main point of reading the Torah is actually hearing the words, listening to the words of what the Torah being said. Therefore, it's connected to every single Yid individually. The Kaven, Shabahakel. That's why you actually make a bracha for learning limited Torah. Every morning, make a bracha, Nisan Torah. So the Lach is, you need a, if you're saying a bracha, of course, you have to do the mitzvah. So right away, after you say the Birchus Torah, you read a few Pesukim Tarsh The reasoning is because even if you don't understand it, you fulfilled the mitzvah. So there's no suffix. You made a bracha, and then you learned something, and you didn't understand what you learned. You read a few psukim of the Torah, then you're for sure you'd see the mitzvah, and it's not a bracha of atala. Because the mitzvah of Kriya Satayrah, of reading the Torah, the main thing is actually the letters uh, of the Torah. Masha'enkin Torah Shabal the whole idea is the mind. It's, it's oral. It's ideas of understanding. Therefore, since on Yachakil, all the Jewish people unite as one identity. Therefore, it's understood that the union of Torah needs to be something which all the Jewish people will be equal. Reading Torah The Rambam writes that this reading is like the, the day that the Torah was given on Har Sinai. How is it similar to the day that the Torah was given? Because on Har Sinai, all the Jewish people were there listening together. Similarly, you need to look at yourself as if you are hearing it with Pia Gvura. So again, we've seen the importance of, 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 of being as a group. And it's uh, specifically being as a group with all the Jewish people, just like by Harsene, all the Jewish people are there. And it's with hearing it from the mouth of Hashem. So, of course, hearing it with Piha the main point is that you're hearing it from Hashem, not how much you understand. How much you understand, how much you understand of Hashem. But Piha is that you can hear the words. So, all the depth and all the insights and everything which is inside one word of the Torah, you heard that word. So, the whole thing is really in your head in that. Microchip. This idea of the Torah that we're all one is more connected to the king than it is to the Sanhedrin. That's why it's the king that reads. Because the servitude that the people have to the king is not because we understand. Right, meaning is that we understand why it's worthwhile to do what the king wants, and we're going to go and do as much as it makes sense to do. Rather, it's our essential identity, and everything that we, all of her possessions, are in the Rishos Amalach. This is actually a halachic concept. The king, according to the Jewish law, has supreme power. And therefore, he's able to take any of our possessions if he, if he needs it. Therefore, since essentially our life, our possessions are all in the control of the king, that means that really he, what he's doing is he's able to make us into one mitzvah, we're into one identity. The king is the heart of the Jewish people. He's the life force of the Jewish people. And this concept might be a bit harder to understand nowadays when we don't have a true king. But, um, 
But even nowadays, in a certain way, you know, the president, whoever the president is, he gives a certain imprint of how the government and how the nation looks for those four years. But imagine that when a king comes, becomes king, he has, he's able to change all of the policies without any checks and balances. He could change the rules. He could change the balances. He could all of a sudden decide to get war. He could change the ministers. He could change the school system. It's like a revolution. A king could make a complete revolution how life was uh, until that point in time. So the identity of the people is tied up with the identity of the king. If the king is a certain type of personality and he's a strong personality, he wants to change everything, he has that capability to do it when he has supreme power. Um, so, that's, so that's why we're saying that this idea, this concept of the king reading is much more important because the king has the capability of uniting all of the people much more than a teacher or a religious leader would have who could only unite them in a certain way. The king is able to change the entire, he has control of the entire structure of the people. And um, let's read a bit more, we'll see more details. This is the reason the king reads the Torah, because he is able to, 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 to cause within the Jewish people that this aspect of the Torah, which is higher than our understanding, uh, will permeate every Yid. And this is the part of the Torah which is equal in every single Yid. So by teachers, you have many different levels of student, but we're talking about a king. The king changes the structure of all the people. It doesn't matter who you are. He can change what, what the structure is, and he wants to change the whole lifestyle of everybody. He can change the lifestyle by everybody um, equally. Ink and a teacher doesn't make a difference how good of a teacher you are. There's going to be people who understand more, people who understand less. But if the king decides that everybody only gets a certain amount of rations of food each day, or he decides that everybody over the age of 10 uh, needs to go out to war, he has that capabilities. Uh, look at our 40. The Ramah writes that the king is the shliach to be made heard the words of God. That's Tzadik, right? The, the king is who draws down the bittel to the Jewish people. Meaning is that uh, Judaism believes the king is like a theocracy. That the king is the messenger of Hashem and he's not there for himself. He's there as the messenger of Hashem to lead and to guide the Jewish people in serving Hashem. So, assuming that we have a good king, then it could be fantastic for us that he leads us in a very strong and powerful way he's able to guide us in a way to become connected to Hashem but of course as we know historically when you have a bad king which is probably more common um, the opposite happens that's why we're hoping for Melech HaMashiach who will of course be a righteous king and guide us in the highest level of even the additional mitzvahs that we find in Parshas V'yelech, the, the additional mitzvah, is not about learning Torah. It's about writing. Everybody has to write the Sefer Torah the same way. This idea expresses the connection of the Torah to every Yid equally. All Every Yid needs to write the Torah exactly the same way. Fine, so again, so we see that the aspect, this theme of unity, is it's expressed in Parshas V'yelech in a greater way than even Parshas Nitzav. Hey. So, Achiluk ben Nitzav and Yelech being an Achdush and Yisrael Shetachayin and all the differences between Nitzav and Yelech regarding their Achdus, 
as uh, which is their theme. So right now, all we've really done is we've proven that that there's the, the, the main theme is is achdos. But now we understand. Okay, so how is a taka different? What is the difference in achdos? So to understand that, we first need to understand the difference in achdos between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So you have the We first need to understand the difference between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur regarding the idea of crowning Hashem as king. As we said earlier, that the main point of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is really one point. He says, as we said, the idea of crowning Hashem as king begins on Rosh Hashanah, but it continues through the Seir Simei and it reaches its Shlemus and its completion on Yom Kippur. That's why we say Hamalach HaKadosh during all 10 days of Tshuva. We continue saying Hamalach HaKadosh, not a one-time thing, then Rosh Hashanah, and then it's over. It continues, and the, the crowning of Hashem as king is completed only after, uh, at the completion of Yom Kippur. al Shechlik Benei So the difference is like this. The idea of Rosh Hashanah is that the Tamachuni Aleichem happens with our first source on a higher, on the highest and deepest level. Just to give a quick introduction, um, Chassidus explains on, on Erev Rosh Hashanah, uh, Hashem is like a king, and a king has a desire to rule the people. On every Erev Rosh Hashanah, the desire and the pleasure that Hashem has to rule the people leaves the world. And what remains is just the external desire, meaning the, the, the inner pleasure, the real reason why Hashem created and wanted the world, it leaves. And what remains is just the external aspect, meaning is we're making things still work, but Hashem's not enjoying it anymore. He doesn't want to be king anymore. Because remember, why? I guess it's a good question, why does Hashem want to be king? Hashem is so amazing and so great and infinitely higher. Why would He want to be king as over human beings? Over the, why? doesn't make sense. But Elamai, because there's a pleasure. And the pleasure is because since Hashem and the Jewish people are really one, we are essentially one, when we're able to reveal that connection that we have with Hashem through our bitl and our, our humility to Hashem, we're able to awaken that pleasure that Hashem has to be king with us. Um, this is explained to Hasidus even with a human king. A true king, a Yiddish king for sure, doesn't even want to be king. It says he's so much greater than the people. Like, why would he want to waste his time taking care of the day-to-day activities of his people, like taking care of taxes and wars. He rather focus on higher, more exalted ideas. The reasoning is because somehow by the bittle that the people show to the king, they're able to awaken within him this desire to be a leader. And once they are a leader, it's, it's very hard to give that up. We know by Shaul, he didn't want to be the king. But once he became the king and he was, became the leader and took that responsibility of the Jewish people, he, never, he didn't want to give it up as we, as we read through Tanakh, um, that whole story. So by Hashem, this desire leaves on Erev Rosh Hashanah. And by blowing the shoifer, we, we, in a sense, we reawaken that pleasure and that desire that Hashem has to be our king. So this is the day that we awaken the, the pleasure and the will that Hashem has to be a king. The reason why we have the capability to affect this, like why? we're just human beings. The reasoning is because we're not just human beings. Our source, our root, really comes from Hashem. We have a part of Hashem with us, within us. So in a certain way, we might be humans and we might be much lower than Hashem, but on the other hand, we have Hashem within us. We have that essential spark of Hashem within us, and that has the capability to... That, that, really, that spark really is one with Hashem, and therefore has the capability to awaken that pleasure 
l'havdil, um, like by human beings, right? The king, nobody wants to be a king over a bunch of uh, mice or rats or ants or animals. A human being only wants to be a king over other human beings because there's some type of equality. So we're saying that the Jewish people, we do have some level of equality to Hashem or something that, some redeeming factor, which is our, our neshama, which is really part of Hashem. That's what you also say in Nishmas Kol Chai Shabbos, that it's the, the, the things that Hashem gave us that we praise Him with. But during the Seres Mechuva, um, the, the essential pleasure is awakened in Rosh Hashanah. But during the next 10 days of Tshuva, until Yom Kippur, it's what Kabbalah calls the idea of building the Malchus, building Hashem's kingship. Meaning is it doesn't just, it, it, kingship can't just remain like with a general desire. It needs to be drawn down um, into actual leader, leading. Like, I want to awaken the idea of pleasure, but then it has to come down that you're actually going to be, you know, taking care of the taxes, taking care of the, uh, the kingdom. So similarly, what happens, there's a Semei Tshuva, it's not just enough that Hashem has a desire, but He, in a sense, puts Himself uh, through our Vayda, during those 10 days, into our world. And the completion of that happens on Yom Kippurim, when the Tamil is completely revealed uh, down below. Um, and the ultimate revelation happens during Sukkot, as we'll see. Anyway, it's since the idea of Hashem becoming king is affected really through the unity of the Jewish people. That's a major factor. It's not just the bitl. Well, it actually goes together. The only real way that the Jewish people can have unity is by recognizing, by, by having bitl, by realizing that we're all really one neshama, that the body is not the main factor, it's on neshama, and the neshama, all the Jewish people are one. And by focusing on the neshama, that, the neshama is what Hashem cares about. So when we awake that, because as we said earlier, the neshama is what's um, rooted, or, or the Jewish people are rooted within Hashem. So through the bitl, we're able to reveal how we are really one and how we're really rooted within Hashem. And that awakens the desire. So So as we said, the difference between Rosh Hashanah and Kippurim regarding the idea of Malchus, so also through our Vaida, our unity. So the unity that we have in Rosh Hashanah is more mitzan how we are in our Shirish. It's more of a spiritual type of unity that we recognize we're all the Jewish people, all one and all one family. But on Yom Kippur, it reveals in this world. It has to be revealed through the details, you know, the day-to-day type activities. This is the ili which happens, the, the great quality of Rosh Hashanah, which is infinitely higher than the quality of Rosh Hashanah. The unity of the neshamas in their source is not a complete chiddush. The reason why we have unity within our neshamas is because there never was any separation. We were always one within our source. It's like a circle that doesn't have an end, uh, a head, or, or a beginning, or an end. It's simply, we are all one within our source. Therefore, um, there's not that much of a chiddush. 
Meaning is even though now we're down here, obviously at this point we're still down in this world, but since we're affecting, in a sense, the achdus, how it is above, the chiddush isn't as great. So it's a chiddush, I think the Rebbe says not so much. Meaning is if we were literally up in the Shemaim and we'll see how we're one, of course there's not going to be any chiddush at all. But here we're down here in this world. So this is that we're able to reveal within ourselves that we're really one Jewish people, one neshama, that's a chiddush, but it's not such a great chiddush relative to how what we're going to see regarding to Yom Kippur, because we're not really expressing it within how we are with the personality. We're just kind of more realizing in an abstract way how we all have one source. But it's specifically when you make from things which are separate, one, when you're able to affect achdus in a place where there's many different levels and there's separation, then you have the true concept and the true uh, novel uh, unity. And this type of unity comes through um, through differences and separation that expresses the the most simplistic unity and the most truest unity how it is above. Because the capability of transforming or shusarabim publicly into shusayachid, a private domain, and private domain means that it's 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 the private domain of Hashem. This comes from the achdus of truth, the simple simple achdus, meaning is true achdus should is able to be expressed in 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 in, in anything, because true achdus means that essentially you always are one. So even when we are in this world. It might look like, uh, you know, there's so many different things and everybody's a different person. But that's only if you, because we think incorrectly that we come from many different sources. But when you're able to reveal that really we're all exactly from the same place, and even all different personality traits and our personalities and our bodies, it all comes from one thing, it's really one. You just don't recognize. But if you're able to recognize the achtus, then you become one. So the highest level of is that even when it looks like, meaning is how could we have Achtos, is because we're never really separate. Even when we're in this world, we're not separate. It's truly we are one. It's the unity being expressed in many different ways, but it's still, in a sense, unity. Maybe like a mashal, a small mashal at least, like you have light, like you have white light, and then it goes through a prism. And then splits into many different types of lights, the whole the different lights of the rainbow. Right? So it looks like you know, one light goes this room and it, another light goes to a different room, and it's being used for different things. One, you know, is being one room is being used for one purpose, another room is being used for a different purpose, and it's even lighting up different things. One it lights up uh, uh, you know, a blank wall, another one it's lighting up a person who's there. Um, but it's truly one comes from one source. And then when you recognize that, you can see all the different types of light is really one thing. And um, that's what we're trying to do. So he says, Just a, a quick R47, we're not gonna do it inside, but the Rebbe also compares this to the Achtas, which is on Sukkis. He says, the Achtas, which is on Sukkis, is even in a sense, more set, you see more details even than Yom Kippur. Because on Sukkot, you, you have like the Dalad Minim, which all show on different types of the Jewish people, and you take the Dalad Minim and you put them as one, but it's each category is its own thing, right? It's your own category. 
So it's even, this idea of Yom Kippur is expressed in even a more of a way that you literally have four different categories of the Jewish people that even as they are as different categories, you're putting them more as one. Uh, maybe again, a, another marshal just to express this idea possibly is let's say you're, you know, there's a battle, there's a war. So the general comes up with a plan. Like, so there's the general battle plan. That's like Rosh Hashanah. He came up with the plan that it's going to be used. Yom Kippur would be, he has to meet with all the different groups, like infantry, the navy, you have the pilots, the tanks, all the different groups. And he shows them what the battle plan is, but they need to connect it to their particular unit. So it's all, there's unity. They all have the same battle plan. They all understand what the purpose is and what their job is, but each one's understands that they have a different part. So they're taking the plan and they're connecting it to their own identity. While Sukkot is when each one does it themselves. So if you're like a regular soldier in the tank, you might not even realize that there's like a, like a battle plan where it unifies all the different um, parts of the, of, of the army. There's all the different parts, but you all are having one plan. So if you don't know what that plan is, it might look. It's not just in thought or in speech anymore. It's like an action. Everybody has their own thing. So you're you know, in your tank, but you know that there's a battle plan for all of you, and you all have one purpose to vanquish the enemy. So Rosh Hashanah, it's very clear. That's like, the, it's in the general head, it's the idea, the main concept. Then the Yom Kippur is when it's connecting to all the different actual groups, and you're splitting it up into the different elements, that plan. And then Sukkot would be when it's actually being, in a sense, being brought out in the field, where everybody's doing their thing, and maybe, now I have my own thing, so take this at your own risk, the rest of the year is even a, like a greater level of pure. You know, it's like, like the day-to-day activities. It's like, a, you know, one soldier gets separated from the group or something. What, what am I supposed to do now? So he has to, in a sense, figure out what the battle plan is like, and figure out, like, how do I, in a sense, connect to this battle plan because I'm in a different situation. I was just been shot. I can't do the regular thing. How can I best fit in? You have you know, all the exceptions and all the exceptions to the rules and st- still trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, as it gets more separation, you need to work harder to see the unity. Okay. So, so this difference in unity between the Jewish and the Jewish people, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, is also expressed regarding the idea of tshuva. Rosh Hashanah in Amr v'duim kiyetz v'zat v'tefilas chulad Rosh Hashanah miskar chataim b'derech v'duim afel b'kosh shlicha v'kapar. He says on Rosh Hashanah we don't do any confessions. In our davening on Rosh Hashanah, we don't mention sins, not in, in a way of um, confession. We don't ask for forgiveness. It's a day of forgiveness, and we do say vidui. So a possible explanation is, so, is a movement that comes from the essential aspects of the Shama, which is rooted in the essence of Hashem. It's higher than the Sharish of the Teremitzvahs. And it's on this level, there's there's no place for sins. Meaning, is this is on Rosh Hashanah, it's revealed how Hashem and the Jewish people are one. It's like that essential love, like a father has for his child, regardless of what the child is doing. There's this love, there's this unity, or maybe even self love. Maybe another example, like whatever, regardless of what you're doing, you have this love for yourself. Um, so that's Rosh Hashanah, where it's revealing that unity, that oneness that we have with Hashem, it's higher than actual deeds, as we're saying. It's like the plan. It's before we start getting into the details. It, it's like the, like the excitement, the inspiration 
you know, it's very easy to be inspired, but uh, then when you start dealing with all the details and all the day-to-day activities, the inspiration uh, could falter because of that, and people get disheartened. Therefore, you're not going to speak about, you know, try to inspire someone. You're not going to start going, you have a big crowd, and you're a speaker that's inspiring people. You're not going to start getting into all the details and, you know, overwhelm everybody. Uh, you, you're, the first part is just inspire. Get, get them on, you know, get them on board. We don't even speak about the quality of how the sins become merits. As we know, with the deep level of tshuva, even the bears can become suyas. Um, and this is specifically when this, when the sin, when a person does a thing, if that guilt or that distance that you feel from Hashem pushes you, in a sense, to do tshuva, may come even closer to Hashem, that's when a zavin becomes a suyas because it's what pushed you to, to, to repent and to change your lifestyle. So this is the time of the free choice that Hashem has and chooses the Jewish people. And this is when Hashem is awakened to have a, uh, awakens the, the pleasure and the will that Hashem has. So it's not the details, this is the essential connection. Yom Kippur, it reveals the etzem hanashama below, in the places where there are sins. And there you have the essence of Yom Kippur forgives. That mitzad, the connection of etzem hanashama with elukus, it, which is revealed in Yom Kippur, this brings forgiveness even on sins. Right? Meaning is that even if there are, let's say, going back to the marshal of a, of, of a war with the king, even if there are mistakes done in the past, when this new plan comes down in Rosh Hashanah and everyone's inspired to do it, the king forgives what happens in the past because now everyone's we're on board for this new, you know, better, much improved plan and strategy. This is also explains why it's on Yom Kippur. Part of the davening is we daven. Um, before sorry, before we daven, we are permitting that for all the people who have sinned to also join the congregation. So that's done specifically on Yom Kippur that we permit that all these sinners could also join us. What's the idea? Why specifically on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah? He says, Because on Rosh Hashanah, we're able to reach to a place where it's higher than the place of sinners and the place where sins touch. Right? We're talking about very deep levels of inspiration and connection. It's not, we don't have the capability at that point to connect with the sinners, to join with them and connect with them while they are still in that seer and that image of Avrayan. Of, of, of that reached the level, the true level of we are our one group, makes us all into one group, that even Yidin who are at this point, they are in this seer of those who sin, they unite with all the Jewish people, and they're able to daven with them as one group. Zion. 
So he says, since this Achtos Yom Kippur is Nimshach to the Jewish people, how they are below, it expresses itself not only in the Neshama, but even the Guf. So this is point three. Again, we're talking about, we said we're first going to explain how uh, we know that on the Tzav and there's the theme of unity. And we said to understand this theme of unity, we first need to understand how this theme of unity is really expressed in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So we said that the theme of unity on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is A, first of all, explain expressed through Tam Luchin, Tam Luchini Aleichem, making Hashem as king. In order to make Hashem, Hashem as king, that's we're revealing our unity that we have with the Jewish people. Through revealing unity, that really means we're revealing our Hashem, revealing our, the Jewish people's purpose in this world, how our goal, our essence, is really to connect to Hashem, that we are His people. So on Rosh Hashanah, it reveals the essential connection, what we have with Hashem. While on Yom Kippurim, it's revealing how that connection is even in the day-to-day type life. So Hashem comes awakened to become king on Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippurim, it has that completion that even in the day-to-day activities. So that's point A in the rulership. Then we said point two, this is also in the idea of tshuva. Now that's one of the avoidas. It's the, the, we know that Sersmei Tshuva, the avoida number one, of course, is the idea of uh, Malchus. There's also the idea of the tshuva. We, we make Hashem king. We also accept upon ourselves to do his decrees. Idea of tshuva. So the tshuva, which is on Yom Rosh Hashanah, is a tshuva where we're revealing our essential connection, where we're higher than the concept of sins. While Yom Kippurim, the tshuva and the vidu, it has to go into the details of the mitzvahs and the verse that we didn't do. And then the third thing is that it's not just in the neshama, that's even in the body. Even the body, we see this difference. But the three, five forms of, um, we have a mitzvah on Yom Kippur to, to have five forms of um, affliction. And there's no difference between one yid and another in these five forms. When we're doing a mitzvah, when we're doing an act, there's then there's differences between a tzaddik and a simple person. A tzaddik could do it, the mitzvah with a much more greater hidr, with much more enthusiasm, etc. Much more, you know, knowing the halachas better, whatever it is, more than a simple person. But when we're talking about uh, affliction or not doing work, because one of the things on Yom Kippur is you're not supposed to do work, it's like a Shabbos, so it's lacking of doing, then there's no difference. None of us eat, none of us put on other shoes, etc. And then we have the Indian in Pnimis Inyanam that it says that on Yom Kippur that their energy comes from the hunger. So this life, this energy that Hashem gives us Yom Kippur, the spiritual energy that comes specifically from our, in a sense, our hungering ourselves, it's again by all of us equally. Even though, you know, in a sense, this is a positive form. Since the positive comes from the negative, meaning is where nobody eats and we're not, all of us are eating in the same way, now that we're just not doing anything. So also the energy that we get is equal by everybody. So, even though we said the essential of Veda Veda itself is really Mitzanda Nisham, which is higher than division. This is only when you're doing the Veda, davening. But once you leave that Avaida and you're working with eating the fatty foods and drinking the, the, the sweet drinks like you're supposed to do on a Yom Tif, then everybody eats and drinks differently. Some eat more, some eat less, different types of foods. The idea is that on Rosh Hashanah we still don't have the capability to take that high 
and put it into the day-to-day type of Avodah. That's specifically on Yom Kippur, so we see that this difference is also applicable on, uh, even regarding the body. Chas. Now we're going to connect this back to the Tzav and this is also the Eloi, which is infinitely higher in Vayelach relative to Parshas Tzavim. Parshas Tzavim, Eisakis, Bachtusim, Shol Kol Yisrael, Veshechem, Shevtecha, Marchoyev, Eitzacha, Shevimecha, Kvishahim, Noivais, Mekach, Shemeshazu, Hem Tzavim, Lefnei Hashem Lekecha. Pirshka, Sherkulim, Esalim, Lemailim, Kar Chaitzim, Lefnei Hashem Lekecha. He says, Parshas Tzavim is dealing with the unity of the Jewish people um, from the heads. To, to the water, the wood choppers, the water drawers, how they are standing in front of Hashem, your God. Meaning is that we're all, the t- different groups are rising up to their source, how they are in front of Hashem. So again, it's how we are in our source. deals with the unity, how they are below in this world, how we are on our level. That Moshe goes to the Jewish people to speak to them. That Moshe Rabbeinu goes and he's drawn and he, meaning he, and he speaks to the Jewish people how they are on their level. Nonetheless, we're saying that this was to all the Jewish people. So on one hand, you're saying it's to all the Moshe is going to them, but it's still Moshe, it's still one message. It's going to all the Jewish people. So all the Jewish people are getting this message that's coming from Moshe, but it's how they are as individuals. Because this is the connection of the essence of the Neshama above, how it is with the Neshama below. That you're able to take that essential idea and connect it to the, all the different levels of the person. And of course, each level will express and do their job according to what that, you know, according to... What the, you know, the Shreve Mech will do his Avaida as he's a water carrier. The, the leader will do his Avaida as he is a, as a leader. But the Nakuda, the point is the same. So physically, we might be doing the Avaidas differently. But the, the Kavana and the intent is, is the same by everybody. This is also regarding the Mitzvah, which is mentioned in the Parsha. The Chazal say on one hand why each group of people came. The men came to learn. The woman just came to hear the words. And why did the children come? That was to give schar to those who would bring them. So in that sense, it expresses that this unity which they had by Akel gives a place for different categories and different personalities. Unlike the octaves of Rosh Hashanah, where it's all one, here there are different individuals and different personality types. But on the other hand, it's in this type of haka, when we have the different types of madragas, that's when the king stands and reads, and through his reading, he brings the unity to everybody. The reading of the Torah through the Melach encompasses all the Yidin, the entire Kahal, in an equal way. Because as we mentioned earlier, it's not about understanding, it's just about listening and hearing the words. The king reads and draws this Achtas, this pure simple Achtas to all the Jewish people, the Kahal, to whatever place they are in. Look at R66. So 
This is also the quality of the unity of Hakel over the Achdus that we had by Simchas Beis Shweva. Because Simchas Beis Shweva, also the Raman tells that the entire people came to hear and to see. But nonetheless, there's still a mile in Hakel. Because by the Simcha space of there were differences in the levels of Simcha. By the, by the general people, and general Am, then you had the great wise sages that they were dancing and juggling and having joy. So by Simcha, there's different levels of Simcha and there's different tasks that everybody did. By Hakel, everyone's doing the same thing. They're all listening to the Torah through the mouth. They're listening as the Melech read the Torah. That Moshe said the read the Torah to all the Jewish people until its completion. That's the simple pshat. But the papir shapnimi is that the Moshe read the words in the Torah until the Yidin were complete. This was the completion and the, and the ultimate perfection of the Jewish people. Meaning is that the words of Moshe to the Kol Kahal, to the entire Kahal, is expressing very clearly that we're not just talking about the Etzim HaNashama, how it was above. Rather, it's these words were, were drawn down and it affected the people and made them to be tmimim and shleimim with all their limbs and all of their sinews. Test. So the lesson from all this, as it's l'papayol mamish. Aser tshuva is a special time to add an avis yisrael. Kol zman shbisasev rashi'am ini b'shleimus shechasev achdus am im kol b'nei yisrael he says, any time there's lacking in the unity, it's not just the pshat that there's lacking in one little detail, but rather it's lacking in the whole purpose of these 10 days. The general theme of Rosh Hashanah, which is crowning Hashem as king, can only happen when we're a nation. When we have achtas, how can we crown a king if we don't have for if, if the nation is divided? So He says, since the whole purpose of these days is to prepare for Yom Kippur, therefore the love that every Yid has for a second individual, it's not enough that you love the person because you ignore the bad which is in the other person. You never see the evil. All you see is the good. So therefore, since when you look at another Nachayid, all you see is the good, then automatically you have love. That's not enough. But even more than that, even when you do see negative character traits or negative um, things about another person, nonetheless, you reveal to him love without any type of chashboinus. Meaning is, you're not judging him. You see the guy needs some help. You see something, he's doing something wrong, something that's a bad character trait, something that's despicable. You still have love for him and you just see it as an opportunity to help him. But this type of love comes 
uh, expresses itself with helping the individual to overcome that evil. And through working in the Mifsa of Abbas Yisrael, through these days, then we'll be Zaychat to the fulfillment of Tamachuni Aleichem in a revealed way, and we'll have a Chasima and a Gemar Chasimataiva on Yemakapurim, and on the Shana Tevim Masukha, Begashvis, Beruchnis, Beteva, Nirva, Nigla.